but it's just the importance of understanding that you you are kind of the gatekeeper to the relationships that are in your home yeah. and in your in your kid's life. I know there's parents maybe who have said like, well, I you know I can't tell my kids who they can and can't hang out with. It's like, well, actually, no, you can. And if you don't, then who will? Good day. <laughs> Hello. I always want to say good morning because we usually film this in the mornings, but um, you're not necessarily listening to this in the morning. So True. good day. Uh, and welcome to the Biblically Center podcast. Woohoo! Today, your hosts are me, Johnny Jordan, and my wife, Danica. Danica Jordan. Yep. Uh, like I said, we've been married before and are currently <laughs> married and have been for 13 and a half years. Yes. So, trucking along. Longer than we attended primary school. Or, you know, like primary school, first through 12th grade. Isn't that called primary school? I think Homeschoolers, so. they don't know what it's called. <laughs> She's like, I think that's what they call it in England. <laughs> We're going to primary school. Hey, we might have some listeners from England. Let me know. But yes, I feel like there's been a lot that's happened in our home since the last episode, which was just last week, but I had a birthday. You did. Um, which you can't see here, but I got a cool gift from my oldest brother. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know if it's in the shop, but it's like a little heating plate for my coffee because he was here for Christmas and uh, him and his family made fun of me often about how frequently I would heat up my coffee in the microwave. Cause you're getting very old and you like very scalding hot coffee. I like coffee. hot coffee. So, you know, I'll drink my coffee and if I'm talking to people and let it sit and come back to it and if it's <laughs> lukewarm, then I'll just pop it back in the microwave for and take it back out. So anyway, so he got me this little heating plate right here that I have down here when I'm working and just can keep my coffee on and it keeps it nice and toasty for me. Well, delightful. So he's always been a good gift giver. He, yes. He mm-hmm. always gives a uh, unique gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danica and I are from Texas. And um, so obviously in the burger feud, the in and out slash Whataburger burger feud, we <laughs> lean towards Whataburger. We do. Yes. But one year buddy got me a, 32 ounce, uh, I guess I would have been a Yeti at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was what, like six or seven years ago, but it was a Yeti, the 32 ounce Yeti, but it looked like the, the 32 ounce water burger Whataburger cup. Yeah. That was a good gift too. Yep. Um, I had some sniffles over the past few days, kind of some congestion and ickiness in my, in my upper respiratory system. So apologize, I apologize if I sound slightly more nasally than normal, because <laughs> I still got a little of it hanging around. But even more exciting than both of those things. Than my birthday? I mean, your birthday was pretty fun. We ate cake for four whole days. Yeah. That was exciting. Um, is yesterday we launched the start of a daily kids podcast. You think that's more fun than my birthday? I think people are going to be more excited about that. Gosh. <laughs> than you had a birthday. Yes. Yesterday we launched <laughs> our daily kids podcast. Yes. Um, which we are super excited about. Um, so again, like we said, it's daily. And so that's seven days a week, mm-hmm. um, hopefully without exception. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, you know, shorter daily yes, episodes. Yes, mini 
podcast. Mini podcast. So um, from what we've produced on it so far, you know, I would say the max runtime will probably be about 10 minutes. Yeah. But, you know, I would say the range will probably be anywhere from five to 15 minutes, depending yeah. on the topic at hand. But we got we go over our virtue, of course, um, to start the week out. We have an Old Testament story, a New Testament story. There's going to be some fun games in there, mm-hmm. some draw alongs, some quizzes. Yep. Did I miss anything? No. And more. And more. Who knows? But it's hosted by both of us. Yes. Um, and... You know, we we intensify the pep for the kiddos. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. A lot more pep. Um, um, but, yes, but yes, this week this is, week is <laughs> about self-control, which in this uh, parents podcast, you can go back to episode six. And that was all about self-control. So you could listen to that so that this week kind of pairs well. Yeah. Um, you could be talking with your kiddos about self-control and what they're learning. Yeah. So, but it's fun. We know like our daughter, for instance, um, there's some kind of daily kids podcast platforms that she'll listen to on occasion, but, um, we wanted to kind of produce a biblical version of, of some of that stuff that's out there so that you can trust what your kids are listening to, mm-hmm. um, and know that it's something daily they can listen to that hopefully will be a source of encouragement, um, for the yeah. day and maybe a little bit of fun. Um, and they'll learn something along the way about God. And so, but this way they'll consistently learn about one virtue a week for seven days right? while we play games or do other things. So yes, the old Testament and new Testament story will go with that virtue of the week and then they will be quizzed on it. So, um, it should be, should be great yeah. for your family. Yep. So, all right. Well, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about that's biblically centered kids. When you yes. search, just say no. Biblically centered kids. Yes. The icon is orange. The icon is orange. It looks the exact same as ours, but it says kids on it, and it's orange. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you're great. All right. Uh, today, virtue N. We will just jump right in. We nurture healthy relationships that motivate us to display God's goodness. There we Amen. go. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good one. So obviously, the importance of um, having and maintaining healthy God honoring relationships in your life. Yeah. Um, and that extends beyond your spouse, mm-hmm. the importance of friends, family relationships that we are doing our part to, to nurture those. Yeah. So. And so God made us to be relational beings uh, because he is a triune God. It's only fitting that we have need for others since God himself is not alone. Um, which that to me is just a cool thing to think about. Like God has always been, and it's always been God, um, his son, Jesus and the Holy spirit all together, working together. Mm -hmm. They formed the earth together. They've had their plans set in motion for forever together. So God is relational, uh, in and of himself. So it only makes sense that we should also need other relationships because we were created in his image. Right. So, but even from a simple perspective, if we go all the way back to Genesis, um, you know, we know that when God created Adam, he said that it was not good for man to be alone. So thus Eve was created. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, when the world was in its perfect form, it still wasn't good for man to be alone. So um, I think that just speaks volumes to even if you feel like you, quote unquote, got it all together, um, like having relationships in your life is is still a vital aspect of that. Right. So don't think you're 
too good for that. Correct. Um, and so because of that, we belong to God. We no longer belong to the world and we belong together in the church. So it's really important to have community within um, your local church body, which um, is hard. You have to kind of make that a priority, and that's what we'll continue to talk about today. But um, it's important to show your children, A, how to make friends, I think is a good, and B, how to choose the, the right friends and the right people that you're around. Um, because those are the people that your children will look to for other questions, advice, like those that you're letting into your circle are the people that your children think that they should be able to trust. Right. Um, so just be, you be mindful of that. I know that now that we have children, our oldest is seven and a half, um, when you make friends, when you have kids, it's a little different because you're choosing them based on who you're okay with your children being around and their example in their parenting mm-hmm. as well. Um, so it, it, it is tricky, but it's not impossible. And we've been able to do that. But yeah. And on that, on that point, just the importance of just like you just stated the fact that we belong to God. So uh, we no longer belong to work, belong to the world. Um, but you know, and I'm, we've talked about it frequently on this podcast, just the importance of that community that you have within your church. Um, and that, you know, as parents raising kids, like they, your kids are looking to you. Our kids are looking to us to establish our kind of the system in which our world operates for them. Mm-hmm. Um, of course they're going to push boundaries cause they're good at doing that. But, um, like that church community aspect of your life has to be a priority just simply because it has to be a priority for your kids. And if it's not a priority for you, um, or your family when your kids are young and maybe you have the notion that like, well, just life is kind of busy right now. So, you know, whenever the kids are older, we'll be able to, you know, commit to it more regularly. But right now with all the activities and school and all that stuff, it's just a lot to make Sunday or, you know, church a commitment. Um, you know, I guess my challenge to that thought process would just be to reiterate the importance of establishing these frameworks for your kids when they're young. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that just, you know, it speaks volumes. And I think it, just like Danica said, in terms of the process of establishing the relationships in your life and your kid's life. Um, we're not saying that every single relationship that you have has to be coming from your local church, but it's just the importance of understanding that you, you are kind of the gatekeeper to the relationships that are in your home and in your, in your kid's life. Um, you know, and I've, I know there's parents maybe who have said like, well, I, you know, I can't tell my kids who they can and can't hang out with. It's like, well, actually, no, you can't. And if you don't, then who will? I know when I was in high school, my parents used to always just ask, who are you with? And that was enough. You know, if I was with the right group of friends, then they knew I was going to be making good choices. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so I think that did that get trickier whenever you groups started mingling with other foreign groups <laughs> and curly like your and, group <laughs> and curly headed boys started appearing in this. Yes, circle. I got a little trickier. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, though, um, but yeah, you just want those established communities so that your kids feel like they can trust those families. Um, and then it does kind of get easier because you're like, okay, they're at their house and I know that they have the same virtues that we do. And so I'm confident that they'll be okay. Yeah. All right. A quote from Tim Keller is anything except Jesus will desert you in the end and disappoint you along the way. Um, so that's just speaking to um, friendships centered around Christ versus friendships maybe centered in the world. And I we're not saying don't have friendships outside of church. I think you just said that. But I would view those more as outreach friendships I guess in a way versus these are the core people that we're going to do life with and stand together with so because friendships outside of the church can disappoint you and they can desert you along the way but our hope is that within our um, church community um, and obviously other friends that you know who also go to church not at your church but um, because they are following Jesus you're united in that commonality. So you will be helpful to one another in your pursuit of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a good, it's a good point. I even think back from my personal experience of the friends that I've had throughout life growing up. Um, and you know, the majority of, of the friends I had were, you know, we were, if I had friends that maybe their families weren't going to church, eventually all my friends were coming to church with us, you know, Jesus and the, in these kind of conversations were always a focal point for me and my friend, friend groups. Um, but then, you know, as we grow, grow older and maybe some of those friends quote unquote fell out of the faith, not to get in a theological discussion about what that means, but on a surface level, no longer following Christ. Um, you know, there's still an effort on my part where I'm, I still try to maintain some level of a, rela- of a relationship with those, but just naturally there's an element of um, like when we're just not able to see eye to eye spiritually, um, there's just, it just, uh, I guess the way I'm trying to explain it is there's just something about relationships, like some of the like, closest friends that I have now who are Bible believing Christians. Like there's just a certain element of, richness that you can have in your conversations because you both are, you understand you both are kind of striving towards the same thing. So like there's one friend I'm thinking of as an example who I'm able to text throughout the week. And typically a lot of our conversations will always in some element circle back to, to this Christian life we're living. Um, and there's just a sense of encouragement from that. Um, and so, you know, like this Tim, Tim Keller quote, when he says anything except Jesus will desert you and disappoint you along the way, there is just something about having these close friend relationships that are based around Christ. And I feel like the relationships that I've had for the longest run have been the friendships and relationships that were able to have Christ in the relationship with us. Does that make sense? I think so. Well, I would say for, for me, there are some friends that maybe I don't talk to frequently. Like it might be yearly, just that's how our life is. We're not in the same state. We're in different seasons of life. But because we're both rooted and grounded in Christ, 
when there are those moments of like, hey, it's been a while. I just wanted to reach out. It's more easily, it's easier to bridge, I guess, to kind of keep up with that friendship Mm -hmm. than if it's someone who I know is not rooted and grounded in Christ. Because then it's like, why are you reaching out? You know, it's just seems odd. Whereas the other one's like, we understand that life happens, but our commonality is, is this. Um, so yeah, I would say, you know, obviously as Christians, we're in a covenant marriage. And so I tend to also use that word with friendships with other believers. It's like a covenant friendship. You just know you're always based around that same commonality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so community is actually needed to help sanctify ourselves. If you think about if you are alone, then who is there to sort of help you or to challenge you or to push you forward or propel you? I mean, besides the Holy Spirit, who is always going to do his job, but sometimes it does take people to kind of be the one to pinpoint that or to call something out. Yeah, it's true. Um, community is just an extremely important aspect of, um, I think how God kind of wired us, whether you're extroverted, introverted, or somewhere in between, um, like there still is a need in there to have the accountability that relationships can bring. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, they help sharpen us. Um, and that's what a lot of us need because we can get so isolated. And so in our own, in our own heads and thinking our, our thoughts, you know, like there's an element that I'm thinking the best way to say this of like, you know, the Bible talking about um, how your heart can be deceitful. You know, I think whenever you're whenever you're practicing consistently isolating yourself and being left alone with your own thoughts and not having. OK, I'll say it this way. I think there is something powerful because I know this happens to me all the time where like I'll have a thought in my head and I'm like no, this is obvious. Like this is the right way of thinking, you know? And then if you're, you're in a circle of trusted friends, then you bring it up as a topic to discuss. And very quickly in that circle, you're like, Oh no, never mind. I was wrong. Sorry. (laughs) You know, like there's just a certain element of like, once you can get it out of your head and speak it out in front of someone else, um, and then have a conversation around it, around it. That's how you can really shape a healthy perspective instead of just being left alone. Does that make sense? Yes. I think left to your own, you can get very comfortable. So you're like, this is okay for me to do. Or yeah. I'm very, this is just comfortable for me. This is just how I live my life or deal with this or do that. And we should not live com- comfortably. Yeah. God did not call us to live comfort, comfortable, comfortable, comfortably, <laughs> comfortably. <laughs> so. Acts 2.42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. So that's talking about the um, New Testament church. And so obviously once Jesus has departed them um, for heaven, they, you know, they're still seeking for that teaching. And so that was given to the apostles. And so... And to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And honestly, back then, a lot of believers in the New Testament needed that fellowship um, because of the way sort of that um, world and culture worked. It was very much based on 
guilds and who you knew and your crafts. And so a lot of times believers were excluded from those. And so honestly, the fellowship wasn't just something they enjoyed. It's something that they desperately needed mm-hmm. because they were kind of culturally shunned. And so it was a way for them to unite with other believers and be able to work and profit um, from those that they knew in their skills and laboring. Random tidbit there for for you. No, I like that a lot. <laughs> um, you know, like in this verse where it talks about um, to the breaking of bread and prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that aspect of sitting down and breaking bread quote unquote sharing a meal with other believers is an important healthy aspect of relationship. And I'm, I'm fortunate for us that years ago, seven years ago, um, we were asked to join a small group in our church, um, that I feel like one we've talked about on this podcast before, Yep. but two, it's been a great, um, thing to have on our calendar. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we already decided this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Because I understand that the importance of sitting down with other believers and sharing a meal and having conversation and praying for each other is important. But if it's not scheduled on your calendar, it can be very difficult to make that a regular thing. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll do it maybe every once, every two to three months kind of thing. But to actually have it consistent in your calendar on a weekly basis, that's why I'm so fortunate we did it long ago whenever we just had one kid who was you know couldn't even crawl yet um and it's just been in our it's just been our monday ever since then yeah um and so it's nice just to know that every single week kind of no matter what's really going on we're going to have that meal and those conversations with that group of people um and i just think there's you know there's just a certain element of uh well, and for us, it's been consistent with that same group. Our kids are all roughly around the same ages. You know, obviously now they're spread out from eight to zero. But we're all in those same seasons of life with one another. So, And we're all in this together. That's the only <laughs> words of that song I know. And it shows. Da-na-na. We're on the Disney Channel. Man, High School Musical. Bringing it back. Okay. Um, did I get you off track? Yes, you did. <laughs> I'm just going into the movie. I'm going to have to watch it this week. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so, yes, either I would encourage you to either find a group where it's the same group every week. Or I know also other fam- or I also know other families who they just have one night a week and it's like we are having someone over yeah. that day every week. And so they just know, okay, every Thursday or every Friday, that is our day to have a family over. Yeah. Which is important too, I think, to get to know your community and stuff. Um, but for sure have the same consistent group, I think is just so important. And then your kids see that that's important. So your kids realize that having friendships is important and on and on and on and on, you know, like, oh, my mom and dad met with the same group of people for seven years. Wow. You know, like it shows them that they need to make good friendships that can last a while. And then when they're older and they'll have left the house, they'll, they'll automatically think back to that of what their mom and dad did to 
keep their relationship with Christ well, their marriage well, their kids, you know, it's, it's everything together. So when your kids go off, they realize I need a community because my mom and dad had a community. Right. Um, and something to be noted just in our social media driven culture, our church community should rally around what we're for, not what we're against. So we don't get together just to bash everybody else. We get together because we have commonality. That's what your marriage bed is for. (laughs) That's where you can talk about other people. (laughs) That was a joke. Yes. By the way. Um, so I think that's really important. So don't get together just to make it a gossip circle. Yeah. Um, but it's really, what are we about? Are we about serving? Maybe your community starts serving frequently. Are we about, you know, making an impact in our community? What are some things we could do that way? Are we focused on serving in the church? You know, I think there are different things that together your group um, can emphasize, which again goes back to cultivating that not only for you, but for your children. Yeah. And that they should push us to change the community yeah. group. Um I know I can speak for us. I won't speak for everyone else. Actually, I kind of will. <laughs> you know, because I just think, just thinking back, thinking back to where this group was, our small group that we've been meeting with, like I said, for over seven years. Um, like, I feel like I've seen a lot of spiritual change in all of us mm-hmm. um, that I'm, you know, very thankful for. And I, you know, sometimes wonder if we just kind of said no mm-hmm. to that invite. Or we went to it a couple times because if it was my decision <laughs> back then, uh, we probably wouldn't have stuck around because it was very uncomfortable for me for a long time. The original couple who started it, she just spotted me on a Sunday morning. I had maybe said hello, maybe once. Like not frequently. I don't even think I knew her husband's name. And she was like, we're starting a group. We all have young kids. Would you like to come tomorrow? And I was like, Okay. Because we didn't know anyone at the church. (laughs) So I waited, I think, till we got home. And I told Johnny, we're going to this thing tomorrow night. And he was like, what have you signed us up for? (laughs) I hate small talk. I'm not going. And so it definitely, it took some every week being like, nope, this is just what we're going to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely a stretch for me. Yeah. Yeah. And like like you said about the small talk, um, because... Much to your chagrin after listening to how (laughs) bubbly and joyful I am on this podcast, (laughs) I do, I am more introverted than I am extroverted. Right. And um, it doesn't mean that I don't, I can't find enjoyment in those kind of situations, but they just feel very draining. Yeah. Especially early on when it's just like a room full of strangers (laughs) that you're having conversations with. Um, Like that's very draining for me because part of the introverts kind of way that we process things is we we just want our interactions to be meaningful right and so thinking about going out um to a house with like at that time it was like 10 other families and you know none of them and you're just going to have a bunch of conversations about like what do you do for a living or you know like things like that and just talking about work and weather and i mean that was half of it but then the other half oh okay I'm, i'm not talking about when we sat down and actually had a conversation right. about like the you know the before you had the meal when you're all just yeah. kind of standing around <laughs> and talking like those kind of situations was like a nightmare for me <laughs> but we powered through we did and now i actually know the people in the group which is yeah. helpful and it's amazing how you, you know if you just push through the some of the awkward <laughs> or draining moments you can actually get to the point where you know people um 
And so, yeah, now we look forward to it every week and I'm thankful it's on our calendar and we rarely miss. Mm-hmm. I think the only times we really miss is if we're out of town or, you know, if there's a kid with a fever or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thankful for it. Yeah. And we could probably talk about it for a while, but we'll just boil it down to just the importance of, and it, it, it will look different for everyone because I'm sure everyone's situation is slightly different, but just the importance of taking the effort to either find it or create it. And like, you know, there's a, a quote that if you can't find it, then just create it. So if there's, if you can't find the situation or the group or, um, that you're looking for, then just create it, start something yourself, mm-hmm. uh, and start inviting people to your home. Um, and then you just never know what, what God can do through that. And it won't be easy in the early stages. Um, for sure. Like there's plenty of challenges that come along with doing life quote unquote with other people because like there is not a single person in the world whose brain works like yours. Everyone has their own sense of uniqueness, their own way of thinking, their own way of doing things. So naturally that opens the door for conflict. And I'm sure if you're married, you are aware of that. Because, you know, the person you love the most in the whole world who, you, sh- you know, who you share a bed with and who you share life with, you've probably realized if you've been married to them long enough that they're weird. <laughs> <laughs> you, you realize, like, like, why don't you see it this way? Yeah. Like, why aren't you, or why aren't you doing it this way? Or why aren't you communicating this way? And, like, that's the person you're with most often. So when you open your home or you join a group, with, you know, five other families, everyone is going to have their own unique way of talking, way of doing things, perspectives. Yeah. Um, so it, it can create some awkwardness, some um, lots of funny situations. Yeah. But through all of that, that's kind of the surface level stuff. Through all of that, there is a deepness that each person in this group is someone that God loves mm-hmm. who needs this community just like you need this community. And so you kind of have to foster those relationships, even, uh, spoiler alert, when the people you're doing these relationships with aren't perfect people. Unlike you, you are the perfect person <laughs> in the group, but everyone else is not. Um, but it's just important. Yeah. And you'll be amazed. Um, I've been amazed by this group. I know, uh, and I'm sure s- some of them might hear this, but like Danica and I in our group, because we do this biblically centered thing and we both went to a Christian private school and I got my degree in some theological something that means nothing. Uh, (laughs) I got my degree in pastoral Christian ministries, which, you know, which is great. Like I'm thankful for the education side of it. But when it comes to like a degree, it's like no one's like seeking that degree. I'm sure it's nice if I were to apply to church to know that I had it. Right. But um, anyways, that's beyond beyond the point. (laughs) I actually don't even remember what I was saying. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, sometimes we get touted out as like the somehow like we're more spiritual or something than the other people in the group. And I know that so there's some people who f- have communicated that sometimes they feel intimidated by us, but I don't feel that way at all. Like right. I feel like there are so many people in our group who, I mean, all of them have such a, I feel like they all, we all bring something to the table. Yeah. And, um, I think I had a point at the beginning of that, but I got off too many rabbit trails to remember what it was now. I mean, I think everyone brings their own faith at that own at that specific time, because even if you look at your own personal faith, 
there are going to be times of up and down and feeling closer and further and uplifted and not. And I mean, the wave of emotions that one person can feel on a daily basis is insane. But to put that in a group setting, I think it helps because you have other people who are balancing that out. So if you are having a time of maybe doubt or of confusion or um, maybe not really sure what to do next, there's probably someone in the group who can speak to that and Mm -hmm. to assist you or to point you in the right direction. So I think in a group setting, it helps because you know you're all seeking Christ together. And so like you mentioned earlier, iron does sharpen iron. And so we're able you know what you're lacking today, I might be able to help you with. And this maybe goes into our encouraging virtue, but um, it, it just helps to know that there are other people who have either gone through it, who are, are going through it, or then who might go through it after you. And so everyone's able to bring their knowledge and, and help encourage and um, pray for you. Like we said, that one was in prayer. Um. In Hebrews 10, it says, and encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Mm -hmm. You know, like, we're going to keep encouraging people. And that's important, not only for our spiritual life, but also just for regular daily life. Yeah. And uh, when you sharpen one another, have you ever seen... Sharpening? More specifically. Um, I don't know. The words I can't say. Iron. Can you say the whole phrase? <laughs> iron sharpening iron. If you've ever seen that, <laughs> if you've ever seen that before, um, it's not always a pretty picture. There's usually a lot of sparks. So, right. I don't think rarely do you see someone in like, oh, this is so nice, yeah. and I'm just, it's beautiful, and the iron is taking this so well. And yeah. <laughs> no, like there has to be heat uh-huh. and pressure and. Yeah, sparks. Yeah. Yeah. From So I view that on a natural level of like sometimes when you're sharpening one another there it's going to require conflict. Yeah. Um but if you can trust the people you're with to know that we all have each other's best interests in mind mm-hmm. that the sharpening is a natural part of the growth of a relationship. Yeah. Um and so don't take it personal when you get caught out by someone you trust because they, they have your best interest in mind. Um, and so I think that's something that these kind of relationships can really help you understand in a healthy way. Right. But if you're looking to be offended, you know, there's a book that I've read called the bait of Satan. I actually see it back on that shelf now. That's yeah. funny. I didn't know that's where it was. I literally said it and I read the words <laughs> as I was reading it. It's back there, uh, called the bait of Satan. It's by John Bevere. Um, I read it, I don't know when I was like 18, but I don't remember a lot of the details in it, but the specifics of it is, is like, if you're looking for a fence, you will find it. Yeah. And if, if, if you go to a church and you get offended and that's the reason you leave, whether it's something the pastor said, or he didn't say hi to me or no one wished me happy birthday, or, uh, this person looked at me or this person took my seat or, or it's something deeper. Maybe there is, is an actual deeper hurt that happened in a church. If you're looking to be offended, it, it will happen whether in your church setting, in a small group setting, you're going to have offense. Yeah. 
But what that book is stating is that offense is often the bait that Satan will use Mm -hmm. to pull you out of the environment that God wants you to be in. Yeah. And so many people fall for that. I mean, it's bait. It's attractive. It makes sense in your own mind. Right. You wouldn't bite it if it wasn't, if it didn't make sense. So you can be like, well, you know, they just don't get me or whatever. So I'm just going to peace out. And unfortunately, I'm not saying this to, again, to be on a high horse, but I've seen it so many times of, of situations of people who find a reason to be offended in the church. And it's not even saying that the reasons aren't valid. Right. I mean, you're in a large group of people. Even though we all say we believe in Jesus, doesn't mean it's not going to be perfect. We're all still broken. We're all still fallen. Yeah. Um. And so if you're, you will be offended. And if that's your reason to leave, like, like I was saying, I've just seen it so many times, people who will be offended by something in the church who will leave with what in their mind is good reasons. And then a year later, it's like their life is unrecognizable. Yeah. And I just truly believe that there is like, they did, they just took the bait. They yeah. chose, the, they chose to be offended and they stepped out of where God had placed them. Yeah. If you truly believe maybe God called you to a church. The only reason you should leave is if God calls you somewhere else yeah, or leads you somewhere else. But you, if, if you, you should not leave based on being offended. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, going back to our peace episode, um, I'm pretty sure we mentioned the verse or maybe we were saving that for the next time, but you know, Jesus does say he, he didn't come to just bring peace. He, he did come to bring some division you know, he came to kind of separate out, like, are you actually going to follow me despite what the world is saying, what even maybe trusted people around you are saying? And so I think that when we run into that division, sometimes it can be like, oh, this isn't what Jesus has called me to. I'm, my life is supposed to be peaceful. And it's like division, honestly, can be really good for you. I think in that episode, we talked about how, you know, we're chiseling away the things that aren't of Christ. And again, it's, it's easier to chisel them away than to add them in. And so, um, if you don't have a community that's helping you kind of like, Hey, let's kind of, I think you've got like a weed sprouting up over here. Let's maybe like attack that now. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're trying to help you because they're created in God's image and they're trying to follow Christ. And in that community, you should trust that they're going to help you follow Christ. Um, and so there is that aspect of trust. Um, but yes, church and you hear, you know, the essentially it's people who hurt people, yeah. you know, the, the church, if the church was, Christ and we are his bride the church is his bride. you know like it's just inevitable that if you attend somewhere in a giant room full of sinners someone is probably going to do something you don't like yeah so and that doesn't mean that it is Christ doing that it doesn't mean that that is God it just means yeah some people just make really stupid yeah mistakes yeah, we all get it wrong. Yeah, we often. do. And so that's, again, I think why it's important with these virtues that we're practicing them every week because we want to be more Christ-like so that we can show that to more people. Yeah, You know, we're supposed to show the world a mirror of Christ. And if we're not practicing that or allowing our community to help us through that, then how would we expect anyone else to want to follow Christ? Right. Me and my daily sinful 
fallen body cannot accurately depict Christ. Like I can't on my own. I can't. But with the Holy Spirit, with my spouse, with my children, with these friendships that I've chosen who are godly, they can help sanctify me to be more like Christ so that I can show that to others. Yeah. And that's the goal of all of these virtues. This one, you know, it to motivate us to display God's goodness. And I think if we were to just think about the world right now, how much isolation there is, how much just disappointment and sadness and people have let people down really horribly, Mm -hmm. like really horribly. But through our relationships and through what we say to people, we want to show them God's goodness. And I would add like his mercy and his grace in that as well. I know we talked about that in a different episode, but yeah, so we're going to nurture healthy relationships beautifully stated i feel like that's a good place to wrap it up yeah so going back to what we talked about at the beginning of this episode every week we are going to be talking about a different virtue yep we do that in this parents podcast but we have now started a daily kids podcast for your kids so we are actually um on the schedule with that one with our actual curriculum that we have written that you can read more about at biblicallycenter.com mm-hmm. so this week is the fifth fifth week of the year so we are talking about our fifth virtue which yeah. is self-control and so that's the one we started with and so um monday your child will always get the new virtue introduced tuesday we will always talk about an old testament story And then Wednesday, there's some games. Thursday is the New Testament because we're wanting to emphasize that God is the same in the Old and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. They're all stories that can show us himself. Um, And then Friday is a quiz so we can make sure kids understood what we talked about, reiterate it. Saturday is games. Sunday is a draw along. And yeah, we've got random like facts and things in there too. So they'll know what day it is if there's like an important person's birthday or just a silly fact that we have yeah we want it to be fun and engaging but also that your kids can you know um be spiritually enriched by the by the content as well yeah so So this week they're talking about self-control and if you want to learn more about self-control you can go re-listen to our podcast episode six and then your whole family can be learning about that together yeah so biblicallycenter.com you can download some free resources for that to help your kids um get those virtues ingrained yep um yeah awesome Woo! thank you guys for listening we'll see y'all next time bye